0: It's Saturday, October the 23rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Facebook face palms ever harder, and Moldova runs out of gas. First, the week in brief. A new whistleblower emerged from Facebook's public relations nightmare. On the same day that redacted documents submitted to America's Congress by a lawyer for Francis Haugen, another whistleblower, hit the press. Those leaked documents were supposed to be reported in coordination by a consortium of 17 news outlets on Monday, when Ms Haugen is to testify before Britain's Parliament. The as-yet unnamed informant corroborated earlier reports that Facebook had refused to rein in pro-Trump Stop the Steal type misinformation shared between America's presidential election in November and the Capitol riot of January 6th, contrary to its officials sworn statements. The Supreme Court declined, for the second time, to temporarily halt Texas's near total ban on abortion but agreed to hear oral arguments in legal challenges to it on November 1st. The law is America's most restrictive, criminalising the procedure at about six weeks into pregnancy. Roe v. Wade and other legal precedents allow abortions until around 24 weeks. Barbados replaced Queen Elizabeth as its head of state by electing one of its own to preside in her place. Dame Sandra Mason became the Caribbean island's first president-elect with a two-thirds vote in Parliament. Barbados, a British colony for more than 300 years, is to declare itself a republic on November 30th, the 55th anniversary of its independence. Moldova's Parliament declared a month-long state of emergency over natural gas shortages – which it blames on the local subsidiary of Gazprom, Russia's state-backed energy firm. Last month, the country's contract with Moldova Gas expired after the subsidiary tried to hike prices, leading the company to cut supplies by a third. Moldova will source gas from neighbouring Romania, Slovenia and Ukraine while it renegotiates its contract. The Serbian co-president of Bosnia and Herzegovina, Milorad Dodik, threatened to dismantle the quote, failed country and end the quote, experiment of uniting ethnic Serbs, Croats and Bosniaks. Mr. Dodik has dominated the politics of Republika Srpska, a Serb-majority group of territories in the north and east of the country, for decades. Worryingly, He has also vowed to create a Bosnian Serb army. Lev Parnas, an ex-associate of Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump's former lawyer, was found guilty of violating campaign finance laws. Prosecutors allege that he funneled donations from an unnamed Russian citizen to American politicians in the hope of securing licenses to operate a recreational marijuana business he gained notoriety for his bit role in Mr Trump's campaign to pressure Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden. Silvio Berlusconi was acquitted of bribing a witness to give false testimony in a case related to his infamous quote, bunga bunga parties. Italy's former Prime Minister was alleged to have paid an associate to deny allegations that Mr Berlusconi paid for sex with an underage nightclub dancer whose stage name was Ruby Rubikwari, quote, heart stealer. Mr. Berlusconi still faces two separate bribery charges, both of which he denies. And word of the week, Dalgona, noun. A Korean sweet made from sugar and baking soda that went viral after it featured in Squid Game, a wildly popular Netflix series that has become South Korea's latest cultural export. And now, here's today's agenda. Hive Mind – Why Human Brains Shrank Brainpower allowed humans to go from being just another primate to reshaping the planet. Brains quadrupled in size after the species split from the last ancestral line it shared with today's chimpanzees. But fossils show that since the Ice Age, human brains have shrunk. According to research published in Frontiers in Ecology and Evolution, a journal, brain size decreased 3,000 years ago, much more recently than previously thought. People today are no dimmer than their Iron Age forebears. Rather, humans have become more like ants. Both species benefit from living in social groups, where many minds contribute to a collective intelligence. In some ant groups, this shared knowledge has allowed selection for smaller brains, since more grey matter costs energy. Similarly, as human societies grew, group decision-making relieved the need for bigger brains. Despite the tendency to celebrate individual genius, humans' true intellectual might is collective. Race Against Climate Change Extreme E-motoring Motorsport has a climate problem. In 2019, its governing body said that negative perceptions of the sport's environmental impact was one of its biggest challenges. Since then, Formula One, the most prestigious class, has promised to reach net zero by 2030. Those behind a new discipline, Extreme E, want to show the sport can thrive under such conditions. Extreme E's inaugural season sees nine two-person, mixed-gender teams race electric SUVs across five extreme terrains, from desert to arctic ice. The fourth event in Sardinia takes place this weekend. Among the drivers are champions of rallying, Sebastian Loeb, Carlos Sainz, and trucking, Kyle Leduc. Extreme E takes its environmental credentials seriously. Television broadcasts are interspersed with segments about the local impact of climate change. Each of the destinations receives funding for climate related projects. And equipment is transported on a customised ship to reduce emissions. It may not seem like a natural fit, but environmental aspirations power Extreme E's engine. By Her Hand The Women of Abstract Art Vasily Kadinsky, a revered Russian artist, announced in 1911 that he had made quote the world's first ever abstract picture but 50 years earlier georgiana houghton a painter and medium produced a series of non-figurative works like many of the female victorian artists who strayed from portraits florals and landscapes she claimed her creations were the work of the dead her hand Houghton said was guided by 70 archangels a handful of Renaissance masters, and a spirit called Lenny. From this weekend, her work will feature in an exhibition at Guggenheim Bilbao in Spain that addresses women's exclusion from the history of abstraction. The show includes pieces from more than 100 women artists, including Hilfer Af Clint, another spiritualist, Zilia Sanchez-Dominguez, a Cuban artist who stretched canvases in muted but sensuous forms, and Louise Bourgeois, a French-American sculptor whose works resemble nightmares snatched from a psychoanalyst's case notes. No ghosts, or men, will steal this show. Living the Dream, Last Night in Soho Since his first feature in 1995, Edgar Wright has established a reputation for slick, quirky films. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, both riffs on genre cinema, and Baby Driver, a tightly edited heist film, have brought the British writer-director commercial and critical success. His latest offering has not gone down quite so well, at least with the hacks. Last Night in Soho, in American and British cinemas from next Friday, follows a fashion student in London who finds she can travel back to the 1960s in her sleep. Her dream escapades are at first suitably swinging, but soon become nightmarish. Its cast includes Anya Taylor-Joy, Matt Smith and Terence Stamp. Part psychological thriller, Part nostalgic celebration of the glitzy 1960s nightlife, some critics are not convinced by the glib pastiche of vintage horror. The film will nonetheless pull in Halloween punters dreaming of glamorous fun and feverish scares. (laughs) Profile Jesse Marsh The real Ted Lasso? The manager of RB Leipzig, a football club in eastern Germany, is often likened to the eponymous and fictional protagonist of the Emmy-winning comedy series. Like Ted Lasso, Jesse Marsh is a fish-out-of-water American in charge of a European football team. Sasha Kleshton, one of his former players, says the two share their positivity, though Mr Marsh is, quote, not as corny. Bundesliga managers tend to be aloof with players and fans. Mr. Marsh has built an emotional connection with his team. But the similarities end there. Mr. Lasso is clueless about the game, whereas Mr. Marsh played 14 seasons in Major League Soccer, America's top flight, before coaching. Richmond AFC, Mr. Lasso's equally fictional club, is underperforming when he arrives. But last year, RB Leipzig finished second in the Bundesliga, Germany's top flight, having reached the semi-finals of the Champions League, Europe's most prestigious club tournament, the year before. Now, Mr Marsh hopes to win the club, which he took over in June, its first big trophy. But he represents something that German fans find insidious. Big money. RB Leipzig is the third team he has coached, owned by Red Bull. In 2009, the Austrian energy drink maker bought SSV Markranstadt, then stuck in Germany's 5th Division, and set about transforming it. German football's complex branding rules prevented Red Bull naming the club after itself, so it selected RB Leipzig, claiming RB stands for Rasenballsport. A nonsense word meaning, quote, sports played with a ball on a lawn. The team reached the Bundesliga in seven seasons and the Champions League in eight. On the way, it became Germany's most hated club. While English teams are often bought by billionaires, most German ones are majority owned by fans. Rival supporters, angry at the wings Leipzig's corporate investors have given it, boycott games at the Red Bull Arena. Mr Marsh has convinced sceptics before. When he managed the New York Red Bulls, fans called a town hall meeting to demand the previous manager return. Mr Marsh left the club revered. This time, things will be harder. He will need more than success on the pitch to convince German football fans. Finally, Here's the quote of the day, from Christian Dior, who died on October 24, 1957. Don't buy much, but make sure that what you buy is good. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays.